Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropeneurs of the regenerative movement. People who are committed to and showcase qualities of planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderlei. I'm a transformational coach, a breathwork teacher, and I'm committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. I'm your host and creator of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Jeff Skult. Jeff is a deep listener of life, a language man and self-described pro-activist out to inspire the world golden. Jeff's heart's mission is one golden thread, a regenerative nature fashion for benefit, weaving the precepts of the order of interbeing and the philosophy of biomimicry into every tree fiber article of clothing it consciously crafts. Jeff believes when we come into the right relationship with interconnectedness, anything is possible. Everything is medicine, everything is energy, and everything is nature. So with these words, welcome, Jeff. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for such a generous intro. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know, I wear clothes, so I definitely like fashion. <laughs> and I, 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 dig, I dig the words that, you know, are part of your introduction there. Like, everything is nature. And the way we recognize interconnectedness and interbeing changes quite a lot like you know wherever you want to start jeff but maybe maybe i'll ask a question then you can see if, if you want to kind of answer that like what do you think or feel is most required for people right now in you know june 2020 to to find a way to to contribute to participate to be activated you know we've been ramdas has the the beautiful expression, um, come back to your center and then we can move in any direction. And we've all been knocked off our center. And this has not just happened in the last three months. This started, frankly, a year ago when the planet's lungs were on fire and we were all focused on those that were woke, were focusing on the environment and then a pandemic and then racial inequality and, and then all these things. And so we're, we're definitely... Um, been knocked off our center and for me it, uh, the, the beauty is coming back into feeling coming back into coherence coming back into compassion and frankly it starts inside ourselves you know um, as somebody who often lived his life by attaching himself to causes to feel whole or seeking unity of community it always starts within and so you know ironically you, you mentioned you like to wear clothes well it's 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 interesting because it is the one thing that we all have in common when we're not naked <laughs> and so um you know one golden thread didn't start out to be a clothing company it really um uh it's an interesting thing to come back into coherence with ourselves by remembering ourselves that we are nature and by being in co-servitude and you know we started one golden thread i started one golden thread not intending to be a clothing company and Right now, it feels like it was built for this moment because those that are wearing it, um, I'm deeply honored to, to say the connections they feel with self, with others, and also with planet, which is really um, the trilogy of coming back into coherence in this moment. We've got to zoom in, and we also need to zoom out and realize that, you know, it's it, otherwise we can play this game like it's a whack-a-mole. You know, you grew up in Germany, so I don't know if you know what a whack-a-mole game is. It's the game that you, as a child, you hit this and this pops up, and then you hit this and this pops up. And now the focus is this. It's like, how do all these things interconnect? And, and that's why um, we'll talk more about this when we're ready. But the principles of interbeing um, and biomimicry um, and you know, the, the relationship between all these elements is the way that we can breathe in the inner peace and then step forward with grace and also precision and power and commitment to the future that we already hold to be dear in our hearts. Beautiful. Let's unpack a little bit how your journey to this kind of understanding happened. Like, you know, um, life shapes us and we're all born like geniuses, but usually the process of life kind of takes us away from that for a while to then come back and remember. How would you describe your own like last decade of remembrance well, I'll, to that golden thread. I'll, I'll rewind slightly beyond that, which is I did not grow up thinking I was a genius. I grew up thinking everyone else was a genius. And I was empathetic to everyone's journey but my own. I was honored, though, to be born in an artist's household. 
that this has been in my DNA, this idea of interconnectivity. And my mother is the most prolific artist that I, that I know. And her art all fused nature and us as one. The tree limbs or the hair or the skin is the breathe. It's all interconnected. And as a matter of fact, um, uh, my favorite piece of art that she did is hanging over my head right here, where you see the golden threads of, of, of leaves that she made in 1965 at the time of my birth. This was all art that she was sharing with the world. And I just saw them as just interesting things on the wall, but it took me a half a century uh, to come into coherence with the fact that um, this idea that no, no, it is all interconnected. And the energy within that is the energy that we can put out to the world. And so, um, you know, the journey, you know, frankly started um, eight years ago, two days ago, um, when I took a workshop at Esalen um, called Claiming Your Voice. And this was after five years in a row of, of, of um, being incredibly sick um, because, you know, we're, we're, as humans, we all need to be expressed. And I was unexpressed um, and I would drop into my lungs and I had walking pneumonia three times in seven years. And I took a workshop called Claiming Your Voice. Oh, wow. It was the moment that I would uh, walk out of that workshop feeling expressed and, and then being an open channel to be able to receive from you and your listeners and, the, and those all around. And, and once that, once you enter that jet stream, you choose to enter that jet stream, um, the world truly is the blessing of the oyster um, of discovery and curiosity. And so I've really just been following the curiosity. Um, and I learned that, um, that words meant, have always meant something to me and I put them down on paper. Everything that I learned in 2014 and it, any, it congealed into a life 2.0 letter to myself that I called my Humanifesto. And it was all about a reframe of everything from blame and shame and pain and fear and ego and love, everything. Because we know that the thing is never the thing, it's our relationship to the thing. And so I kept that buried, shared it with myself um, only. And finally in 2015, I shared it with two people that the second one was the one that really landed when I shared it with him. And he looked at me and in 33 words changed my life forever. He asked me what I was gonna do with, with the writing and the expression and all the things that I wanna put out to the world. And I didn't see myself as worthy. I look at teachers as on pedestals and I didn't see myself, I just saw myself as a student and realizing, and of course now we're all students. But, um, he asked me what I'm gonna do with it, I said nothing. I said, who am I to share you know, my thoughts with the world? And, and you know, I never saw myself as a creator or a creative, even though I've been, it's been bubbling up inside me. And he looked at me and in 33 words, pointed me, he said, let me tell you something. We're on this planet for three reasons, to learn, to love, and to share. And if you're not sharing your gifts, you're being selfish. Quit being so fucking selfish poked me in the chest, walked away. And for in that moment, I realized complete reframe that our gifts are meant to be shared. And the gifts um, uh, really just unfolded that, within that to really appreciate um, that in the deep listening of myself, of others, and also the world and nature, it's all interconnected. And that's where I started. Um, learning and listening and, and being taught by brilliant minds, um, living and not living, um, such as Thich Nhat Hanh and, and you know, the, 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 these, these principles around biomimicry and, and that really um, served as the foundation um, for what ultimately became the material movement that we're on right now called One Golden Thread. Wow, Jeff, this is really beautiful. I, I really like you know, that message that reached you in this workshop, like learn, listen, and share. Very simplified, but it's, it's the core of it, right? Like sharing who we are and participating is the antidote to being a, a unhappy robot in a matrix that doesn't serve anyone. Exactly. And it's pretty hard to actually see and understand that as long as we still come from comparison. I remember these times when I was comparing, let's say my art to other people's art. Like I'm a really crappy painter. If I paint, it's a complete 
like it's, it's only a process of self-discovery and like self-healing because I have to go through this inner critical voice. And so maybe I'm not meant to share the gift of painting with the world. It's a tool for me, right? Maybe I am, who knows? But what I'm trying to say is if I only hang out there and compare myself as a painter, I'll probably only find misery in the comparison. But if I continue to express and find this place where I just naturally share, this is how this podcast came to be. Is like I've realized I've had these conversations already all the time with incredible people. And, you know, I got really frustrated for a while with the narrative of the world that there aren't do-gooders out there that do more than just uh, greenwashing and optics. And so I said, I'm going to have to search them, find them, connect with them, meet them. Um, yeah, just, just that's kind of where, where you touched me just there when you shared. Well, I'm not going to allow this moment to pass without speaking to your art because comparison is, <laughs> comparison is the death of joy. And I'll share... Um, actually uh, deeply connected to Yasmin who connected us is a beautiful soul in the world um, who shared something with me about art and expression. Um, do what you do not to be good. Do what you do to be free. And so if we all can realize that what we're doing and sharing and it's literally just sharing and there's no comparison, you know, um, it, it becomes a, it really becomes a beautiful tapestry. You know, we talked, um, you know, briefly before we started about this idea around change and I've got a real philosophy that this idea of like comparison and change and, and it, it all is sort of saddled in story and saddled in um, blame and shame and comparison and all these things around less than. And, um, you know, I really like this idea that we're just here to reveal what's already true inside us. And that's why, you know, the, the, the real backbone ethos of one golden thread is, is designing to remind that everybody's always golden inside. Now there's stories that stick, that I love that. ladle it. And that, and that is how we truly are connected as one golden thread. Like I, and, and it's actually been my life gift ever since a child. Um, and I used to do it as a deflection and now I do it as an honest reflection is that I get to see the gold in other people's ideas and ideals. And that's why I have a brand soul consultancy called consulting, you know, drops of gold. And we, we explore this. And so we are all golden inside. I believe that some of us um, have just more muck uh, that covers it and maybe they'll never uncover the muck, but I believe that we can give ourselves permission to pivot. And that is where we are as a planet. And that's why, you know, I believe we are in um, truly, truly um, the renaissance of our times. I follow the way, the way you're expressing that. I, I'm, I'm with you in the same belief. There, we are in the renaissance of our times. It is the Kairos moment, right? Like it is this etherical moment. It, it's now. Like we have all the reasons. They're laid out in front of us. Super grateful for Yasmin, who was on the podcast in December 2019. Um, she'll, she'll be back at some point, too, for connecting us today, Jeff. And feel free to continue to just share as we're here. But and I want to also like, give you a few pointers or questions. And you just talked about the muck that we have to uncover. And so individually speaking. Now, collectively speaking, let's call that muck trash or garbage, right? Because that's how we call it. And so my question for you, and I think it's possibly especially interesting as a fashion creator, what do you make out of the big picture of trash on our planet? Well, we first have a language problem. You know, um, you know, words cast spells, and so we need to choose our spellings wisely. And there are certain words that, um, that give us a hall pass. There are certain words that that create disillusionment. Um, and, uh, and then there are certain words that, that actually invite us into an easy enroll. We can actually be a participant in as to be a solutionist, to be a proactivist. And so a word like trash, um, you know, trash is something that we throw away, forget about, and just assume that it all sort of takes care of itself. Not to understand, you know, where does that go? What happens and what's my imprint um, on the ecology, what would that look like if that trash actually landed in my bathtub? Um, how might I treat that thing that I'm purchasing, how, that I'm part of this ecosystem? And so, you know, I'd, I'd love to see 
um, I'd like to put together a marketing consortium for the universe and unpack all the words that, you know, climate change and, 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 um, and um, global warming. Who doesn't want to sit on the beach and have it be a little more toasty? I mean, you know, the, the, these words, it just sort of gives this, this, this disillusion so, hop, so, so trash. You know, I like countries that use things like, you know, reuse or upcycle. Um, and and create a little bit more consciousness about the language we use, and therefore with the practices that we, we we preach. I'm with you. So like trash, meaning it's a one-way direction. While if we're part of an ecosystem, it's always a roundabout circle. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I actually the visual in my mind um, is never a circle um, unless we're sitting in it which is great. It's, it's an infinite loop. It's an infinity because therefore it, it literally is like from earth to earth, back to earth. And, and, and it's, it's the ecosystem. You know, we developed a, um, a symbol and this was one of the true beautiful collaborations in my life that if we want anything that's infinite on the planet, you know, which you, which you, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, we can see it. For those who just listen to the audio, it's a circle with a, uh, like a, a needle in the middle and the needle has a the shape of an infinite eight yeah and so if we just start with ourselves first everything moves oh, nice. uh, it's a beautiful a beautiful reminder um so you know an, another word which i would really like to unpack um because it it actually brings anger inside me um is um sustainability mm -hmm. you know, um, the greenwashing that in multiple industries and, and fashion being the most um, prevalent that uses sustainability as a beacon or a benchmark or a goal or a business model, it, it needs to be called out. And I'll call it out by calling it up into a higher arc of what really we all could be talking about. But first, let's talk about sustainability. What is sustainability? You know, we as we, we as any question marks too. I said it gives me question marks too, because like, what are we wanting to sustain? Like the way we're currently operating isn't really worthy to sustain in the first place. So well, when you already have a failing grade, which the, the uh, fashion industry has gotten a 30 out of 100 grade from the Pulse Report from the Global Sustainability Conference, um, you know, sustainability, which frankly, um, that would be like telling your child, uh, let's, let's start your, 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 second grade years and your goal is just to maintainability your goal is a c average so it's the wrong goal it's not something that's achievable because we will always make more we're we're overproducing from what's needed and so the, the biggest waste that's happening um is actually excess inventory and then we as humans always take more than more than we need this is the part of the human condition including myself and, and you know and I'm, I'm getting much better at that um, so I believe we can up-level that and say, you know, the, the, the hallmark for any industry is following um, some of the beacons of leadership, which is the farming communities uh, that are looking at regenerative agriculture systems, um, regenerative food systems, and we can do that same thing with regenerative fashion systems and any system. So we can look at regeneration as being the goal, which simply means using materials that are, that are good from earth that don't create um, mountains of waste in terms of how it ultimately would be toxifying what's going on and then also having a give back impact within the business model that actually gives back with more natural resources than it took to make. Yeah, I think this giving back cycle is, you know, it's, it's a very obvious step once we see it. Once we see that regenerative is the the biological way of, of this planet, right? That everything is in interrelation with each other. I think where, you know, where I personally go is just my own behavior and the way I participate in the systems around me. And then where my mind goes and the conversations on this podcast go is about how do we tackle this step-by-step step as a society, as individuals, as companies, as, you know, like even, even if we've, for, for the sake of our conversation, want to just say that, the negative forces on this planet, whatever they're doing, they're, they're doing that. But what about all of us that are already needing to create regenerative change? How can we get better at this? How can we create on ramps for everyone else to not have it be like, 
oh, this is an exclusive thing you only understand when you're super awake and you're enlightened and you're embodying it. Like, you know, that's a very exclusive way to label something. So how do we build on-ramps into a regenerative way of living so that it becomes just an opportunity, like a logical next step almost? I think everything I learned in business, I learned in second grade. Um, my dog, Sam, um, <laughs> he had some intestinal stuff and we had to feed him a pill. And my dad comes to me, he says, uh, Jeff, we need to give Sam a pill. How do you dig a, give a dog a pill? And I said, I don't know. We hide it in his food. He said, well, no, the, the dog will find that because the dog will see that that's out of integrity with what he wanted to eat. He didn't say integrity, but I'm uploading it a little bit. Uh, um, uh, do we, and my dad said, well, we could, there's other things we could do, but the only way that really works is to wrap in something sweet. So that's the way we do this. We stop talking about the problem. We can even stop talking about the process. We can simply just wrap it in things that make people look and feel delicious and good as they are. We can wrap this in things that, that are such an easy enroll because we've worked hard at the supply chain ecosystem that we work hard to bring the price down, but also bring the consciousness up because the price value relationship is so out of skew that it's always been the, 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 you know, the fastest horse in the glue factory down to the lowest price possible, you know, and, and we can up level that and say, well, actually, let's talk about buy less things that you love more to own for life that make you that feel like they're a part of you. Hmm. Um, and to do that in such a way that, you know, I, I like to think that a, um, the ecosystems that work well are going to be born out of an ethos system. And that ethos system is wrapping something sweet. So that's the way we do this. We stop talking about the problem. We stop talking, you know, frankly, the reason why, you know, only 13% of the fashion industry, which is a $78 billion industry, is using sustainable or sustainably sourced materials um, is because um, most of the people in the industry are either designing things that are simply not stylish or they're talking about sustainability as the reason that you would be buying them. There's very, very few people that would be doing that. But if you create something that makes people just feel amazing, that makes them feel like they're also a part of something that actually has something that they can talk about as, oh, this actually plants a tree. There's good things that, that also add to it. But the first point is just develop a a, a kick-ass product that speaks to people that wraps it in something sweet. So I think that, 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 um, that kindergarten wisdom, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, ri I'll ride or die with that. I like the anecdote. That's, that's awesome. Let me, let me tap into more of those anecdotes. Let's, let's see what else is coming out. I have another question for you. Um, from a personal perspective, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand more about how humans trust and what is part of trust. And so, Jeff, for you, like, what is required for you to experience trust? It starts with feeling safe inside myself. Um, it continues with um, practicing um, great discernment and eliminating the story to actually tap in and say yes no or maybe and the maybes aren't the babies that we want so we let those go and the no's are the no you know my good friend alex cruz who you'll meet one day says when in doubt get out and so it's um you know another friend um you know spoke about either way is better so there's a decision making process to get into that yes or no and i think that trusting yourself um, is the most beautiful thing. I think that that what um, what's really come into coherence and very relevant for today, where we are, is is unpacking the differential between doubt and uncertainty. Because doubt and uncertainty can be an outward-facing thing, and it could be an inward-facing thing. Um, doubt casts dispersion on yourself and others. Doubt suffocates. Doubt will paralyze you in terms of decision-making. Doubt will crush your ability to even take a step in any direction. Uncertainty is a beautiful way to live. Life is uncertain. That's the magic of life. You know, miracles are messy. You are a miracle permission to make a mess. 
And so that's where trust comes for me is just realizing that we're in a miracle and it's, it's, it's going to get messy. It's been messy and it's probably going to get messier. And like, you know, being impervious to the curve, tapping some of the great teachers of our, of our mind and kind, such as Joseph Campbell, you know, the, 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 the cave we most fear to enter holds our greatest treasure. Part of the human manifesto, I'll just share, you know, one line of it because it speaks to trust. It's, um, you know, um, right here, I choose freedom from resistance to the fear. Swimming in my dark, <clears throat> swimming in my dark with open eyes, years of fears rise to wisdom sparked from an open heart. You know, there's another part of the Humanifesto that speaks deep, deeply into this as well about trust, which is to trust the trust because it's inside of us and surrounding all of us. So trust is everything um, and you gotta tr we, we gotta trust ourselves first. And to do that, you know, we can just release the stuck stories and actually let them, let right now's experience be the master guide of my why. So. Thank you, yeah. There was something I just made a pin in, in my mind there when you answered around going into the darkest cave and facing that. And so, Maybe let's let's see where we where we you know unpack as a word we use a lot in podcasts. But we can like dismantle this idea of discomfort or uncomfortable, and how it is part of the journey with mystery and the journey with the unknown. How how does it look for you? Like how do you face discomfort or how do you lead into discomfort? We seek certainty, we seek comfort, we seek um, to not feel any pain. Um, and think about the times, and I'd ask all your incredible listeners that are obviously on beautiful journeys in their life, think about the times in your life that you've experienced pain. Those are the doorways that present those great moments. And, and, um, and you know, to reframe everything, that the thing is never the thing, it's our relationship to the thing. So discomfort is like, is, is, is the, go back to the great miracle. For me, the still the greatest miracle of all time is the, is the caterpillar into the butterfly. You know, as that caterpillar is in the chrysalis, and is and is is working its way to 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 writhe itself out. It literally looks like it is it's it's dying. It's writhing. It's 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 it's, it's it is extremely uncomfortable. And in that moment, it's building its muscles to be able to fly as a butterfly. There's a beautiful fable that was told to me that of a little boy that got a caterpillar and, and, he, and he said, mommy, can I keep it? And she said, yes, you may, but with this comes responsibility because this caterpillar is gonna become the butterfly. So they got a jar, they got the stick. Why the stick? Because that's where the caterpillar goes up and forms the crystallis. And so um, one day the caterpillar starts writhing and the little boy, um, as the story is told to me, his mommy wasn't there. He sees that the caterpillar looks like it's gonna die or the butterfly is not gonna be able to fly and come out. And so he gets a little tiny tweezers and he just clips the top of the hole because the whole head was coming out. And sure enough, right away, the butterfly came out. The boy's ecstatic. Mommy, mommy, here's my butterfly. Well, a couple of days later with this in, in swollen body and these tiny little wings that are just kind of doing this, the butterfly never flew. And they took it to the high school 
and the high school professor said, what, did something happen here? And she said, no, he says, no, you can tell me. He says, well, I just helped it out a little bit. And he says, well, this butterfly will never fly because it was building the muscles necessary to be able to. Mm. So, so I think about that in my own life. It's like, where have I artificially helped another who's been in a place of discomfort when maybe they needed to go through their process? Or where have I sought to be, um, to comfort, to be um, helped out of that, that, that discomfort, discomfort moment? You know, I just went through um, two days before COVID got real, my life um, access transformed forever when um, I, 108 days ago for my birthday on March 10th, my mother, um, uh, I was with her holding her chest as she took her last breath after a seven year Alzheimer journey. And um, that was an extremely uncomfortable thing as I started that process of sitting with her in vigil for three days. And it turned out to be the most beautiful, extraordinary, graceful, easeful, death re-relationship remembrance that all things die, all things are created and, and, and relationships always continue. So, you know, the, this, this relationship we have with, um, with discomfort, we're, we're in a pocket. And frankly, it's, 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 it's in some ways, it, it is such a beautiful, peaceful, reset pocket we're in a pocket right now and there's moments where we're all going to be uncomfortable and moments where we're truly uncomfortable where people are really going through hardship and have loved ones that are lost and businesses that are going under and things that we're feeling about uncomfortable with with uh, discomfort around conversations around racial equality and you know coming back into um you know the grounding of the, it's all a gift you know, and the gift is that we all get to live to be simply remember that we're golden inside, even through that discomfort. Yeah, thank you for that exploration and also for the anecdote of the butterfly and the caterpillar that should really impactful to, to feel that with you, to understand that if we, if we kind of help in quotation marks here along the way, it might not actually be help, it might actually be you know, it's, it's an interesting one to put as a metaphor for our situation on the planet. Like we, we actually need to go through this chrysalis to really understand, not just individually, but as a collective, like we're really ready to become this butterfly pretty soon. Well, and so what is the butterfly? You know, it's, we talked um, about the beautiful Buckminster Fuller term of tensegrity, which is the, for me, if I unpack it beyond the structural aspect, it's, it's the, you know, it's the integrity of tension. And we're having some multiple mm. points of, of tension that, that, that are, you know, in one bucket, it's all the, these points of tension, which is the pandemic and the loneliness and ecology and racial inequality and all these things. And then over here, you've got maybe another joint, which is this biomimicry, which is this idea, well, how can we come better, better into coherence with the natural sources that we have? And then over here, you've got this idea of the order of inner being, which frankly unpacks all the things which we're feeling inside because it's all the 14 orders of interbeing are all about openness and non-attachment to views and freedom of thought and compassion and healthy living and all these aspects. And so it, there's, a, there's a crystallist that we're in and how we choose to, um, we're all, we've all entered it. It's whether we choose to really come out the other side as the butterfly or just stay as the caterpillar. And I believe that, um, that, that everyone is, um, has this ability to simply step in not need to know how to do it yourselves because we get to do it together yeah very powerful we get to do it together yo short intermission this is your host julian for a short announcement green planet blue planet podcast is currently entirely self-funded from my private coaching practice and work in the world speaking at events and teaching breathwork meditation as well as facilitating leadership programs if you're at a place in your life where you're ready to level up step forward and be all in, then this might just be for you. Have you considered hiring a coach? Or is it time to find someone who deeply cares for the same evolutionary revolution on our planet? If that's the case, I'm your guy. As a transformational coach, I've worked with hundreds of people at events and in person via weekly calls over various months. I'm in service to switch on humans just like you who are on the cutting edge of some of the most progressive stuff on planet Earth. 
And if that's not quite you yet, but that's the dream inside of you, then even more reason to reach out. Well, whether you are a successful entrepreneur, a startup founder, or an artist, I am here to support more people to deepen their planetary purpose. I've developed highly tailored coaching programs that are based on bringing out your gift into the world because I believe in a world in which we can empower and encourage all individuals to express their unique gifts. And all right, before we get back to the episode, make sure you visit my website, greenplanet-blueplanet.com slash mentorships, or simply find your way there by clicking work with Julian and book a free consultation with me. And if you listen to the end of the episode, I will give away a discount for listeners only. So here we go. We're returning to today's episode. You mentioned earlier about like contributing our individual gift, which then the way I understood it metaphorically, like kind of creates this collective puzzle piece. And so I want to hear a little bit more about how you see this individual gift or I think a word that's often put to it is purpose. And so like in your own words, like what, what do you, what do you feel purpose really is um, individually as well as collectively, if, if, you know, if you can kind of go to that. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> again, these words, you know, find your purpose, you know, I'm, I don't have my purpose. So therefore I'm less than, you know, these are dangerous, dangerous concepts, mm. right? because you've got people walking around feeling like they found their purpose. I haven't found my purpose and I'm not, I'm not worthy. And, you know, I think that all we need to do is just love ourselves and embrace our shadow and um, stay in the curiosity and realize that life is an adventure and that you're a miracle and that this all is a little messy. And it's also, the beauty of the mess is the crystallis is turning into the butterfly. So, so, you know, for me, um, I, I don't need to dive in and say, what's your purpose and need, everybody need to having a perfect mission statement. It's like, what are you curious about right now? What brings you joy? What sparks you? I, I like the Jap, you know, the Japanese organizational, um, you know, um, they, Ikigai? No. Just hold it in your hand, you know, if it sparks joy, um, then go with it. If there's a concept or a thought um, that sparks joy, um, go with it. You know, I'm, I view myself um, as a reclamation project. Um, we're all reclamation projects. You know, I, I was living everybody else's um, um, life. I was living um, everybody, I was amplifying everyone else's visions. Um, never the creator of my own creations. And at age 52, I wouldn't, I just couldn't let another day go by. And I unleashed myself in this jet stream. And, you know, I did it for myself. Everything I designed, I designed the, the things that I wanted to wear and, and I designed it for one other person. And it's just cool to see that's, you know, that's one by one by one. And, and that's been, that's been really the blessing of my life. Tickles me to no end to see that other people enjoy what, what, what I've created as much as I've enjoyed wearing myself. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have to share with you, this piece is called the Kairos. Nice. Nice. Which, which is such a beautiful Greek word, which I would love to hear you and your, your um, distillation of what Kairos means. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain Kairos without the Kronos, you know, Kronos being the the antithesis the two polarities i think chronos is pretty easy for most people to understand it's chronological right like one two three a b c it's the way we we've created a lot of this world where let's meet on saturday at 1 p.m and then at 105 you're actually already late because in the chronological time we said it's saturday 1 p.m the kairos on the other side in my own words in the way i understand it and practice it and, and share about it is this perfect timing that has a cosmic nature that doesn't have to do at all with the chronological time. That's more like a ripeness, a readiness, an ability to see, kind of like the butterfly, right? It's really hard to set the clock to when the, but the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. It's more like it just, there is, this, there is this transformation and on the other side, there's a butterfly. And so I don't think it's either or for Kronos or Kairos, but if I were to you know, stretch this a little further, it's like what people refer to as the masculine and feminine. Also concepts that are quite, they're beautiful, but quite limiting if we get lost in them as definitions only. 
So for me, the Kairos would be more the feminine, the ethereal, the less, uh, less rigid, much more chaotic in a beautiful way. And the, the Kronos is much more masculine, much more rigid, much more exact. And so if we have too much of either of them, I think it's, it's, it's not really helpful or healthy on an individual level and on a collective level, right? It's like, when we talk about masculine and feminine energies, we really talk about the process of alchemy and it's an internal process that each individual has to do with our sexual energy, with our creative energy, with our um, power energy, with our heart, with our coherence. You mentioned it a few times. And these are the topics I'm very passionate about. So you, you triggered me into the right direction there, Jeff. I, yeah, this is the Kairos for me. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I think it has a lot to do with how we experience it. This is part of why, why I love these, these interviews and I love to ask uh, you know, some, some questions that are emerging in the moment, like a Kairos kind of timing, and then some questions that are more planned. So there is this chronological experience, how hundreds of people that I'm portraying and inviting into the show how they experience trust, how we experience trash, how we experience education, how we experience, you know, what it takes to learn from the past. And so maybe let me just throw that question um, right back at you. Like, what would it take, do you think, for humanity at a large to develop an ability to, to learn from the past truly, to reconcile, you know? I think it's um, what's 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 uh, what's landing for me is to um, what was actually coming coming um, into coherence is is um, is almost there is no past, you know, because I think that look, I, I, and that's probably a controversial thing to say, maybe even inside myself. And as I get off this podcast, I might say, well, I disagree with what I said. But what's, what I'm thinking about is that we think about the past and therefore we think about where we are now. And we therefore think we need to change and it turns into this whole tapestry of, of, of this, of like a steamship that you're trying to turn on a corner. It's just not going to happen because the past just feels so big and heavy and it's, it's, it's the past. And so, um, you know what comes what comes clean is like right relationship with now and then um and then the future now and um and and understanding um with 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 prag pragmatism you know what what have we done to what have we done to ourselves when we look back um you know i i'd like to think what i'd almost rather do is to flash into the future and look at 2024 and say, how could we have been so short-sighted, knee-jerk-minded in 2020? And that's helpful for me. Because then, that, then it's like, I can't control the past. I can't go back in the past. Yes, there's things we need to remember. We need to remember um, um, racism of any kind we need to remember the holocaust we need to remember slavery we need to remember these themes and i would also submit that i would like to flash forward into the future because again within the past it's it's shrouded in blame and shame and pain and it's an open wound and the wound just keeps continuing and therefore we stay in the wound which is a very popular thing to do you know, it's really a thing that we need to unpack and that's maybe a conversation for another day, but there's really this idea of, you know, the pain that we've experienced in our lives um, can be the process for us to catalyze who we are now and yet we can stay in the wound so long. That's why I really like to say the truest version of healing is this idea of revealing what's below the wound, what's always been true. You know, I do a little flowetry. It just, it just, and and so, you know, I could share just a brief moment of that, which is please do, please do. After all the love shops and workshops and mountaintops, there's no greater lesson that we can self-taught ourselves in this moment that we are good. In fact, we are golden. Could it be just possibly that simple? That's it. 
we are worthy, we're enough, we don't need to be fixed. That we can choose to let go our old stuck past stories and just shed that shit. Just possibly there's no need to change because to truly heal, we can choose to well and just reveal. We see it's a choice to release, dis-ease, to ease, to renew from within a welcome inner peace. And within that reveal, we can embrace what is real and he numb the swells to feel all the feels. When we are open to being open is when we trust the trust. Synchronicity fires within me, we and us. Most dope expression for a bridge was back in the day with JFK. Rising tides lift all ships. Well, perhaps here's the secret, a little magic residing inside a self-permission to pivot. Even in these uncertain waters, casting us most adrift, to simply stay committed to your inner gold, you become both the rising tide and the ship that lifts. I love it. Thank you. Spontaneous moment on the podcast. These are always the best. These are always the best. That's awesome, Jeff. I had a really great time with you, but I have one more question. And it goes along the line of what you just said there. Um, you know, let's just go looking into the past, but also looking from the future. So the question is around what kind of ancestors we are for the future generations. And, you know, this is something... Uh, I've asked every single time on this podcast because it's, it's one of the core questions that made me just start this, just do this. And the question is this, like what is your earth vision in a seven generational context? If we zoom out into seven generations into the future, which is roughly 200, 210 years, right? What's your vision? What's your desire? What's the dream for the planet that lives inside of you? Hmm. back to nature. And realizing that it was inside us all along. Beautiful, that was one of the shorter answers to that question. I like it. <laughs> Clearly and put some many senses together I wanted it to be it, it really doesn't need to go beyond that it's as simple as that mm. you know because I think that the 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 truest truth is when we see that we are nature and mm. when we actually if you can go all the way there then you can treat your fellow man with more compassion care um, uh, appreciation gratitude um, and empathy, you know, empathy is a very interesting word because empathy suggests that you need to share that same experience with somebody else. And to see that we are all nature is how we can do that, that we are all sharing an ecosystem that was born out of an ecosystem as nature and us as one. And that's why I believe that, that truly, truly, <clears throat> the, the great philosopher, um, and there's a lot of great philosophers, but the great philosopher that literally could create the imprint of what that 200 year old matrix looks like, you know, is Thich Nhat Hanh and his 14 orders of interbeing. And I would, you know, be honored to come back on and, and, and uh, because I'm spending a lot of time in them um, and to um, have a conversation about um, each of them because they're, they're, they're everything. It's, it's the full tapestry. That's something I'd, I'd be happy to take you up on is the, these 14 pieces of interbeing. I think it's a word that's become popular, but it needs to continually be explored for us to understand. Just like, you know, people love the, the four agreements or now five agreements. I think 
all of these are really great indicators, but it, it comes back down to how do we embody them and how do we consistently make them part of our lived culture. Well, and I, and I, and I like, I, I, I'll share this because it's, um, it's really important to not create a structural, a structure of a hierarchy that feels like it's anything that, that has, that's dogmatic um, or that is somehow um, sequestering or exclusionary. And so, you know, I believe that any order um, is never about um, providing answers or even rules. Um, what they are is gateways um, or guides for you to discover your own answers. And that's what's beautiful about some of these precepts that we've been talking about as well as this. It's simply guidelines um, for you to come back into your center and then take that wherever you want to go in your direction. And, you know, perhaps it's not meant for today or perhaps it is for you if you choose, but, you know, that's, that's what every one of the 21 stanzas of the Humanifesto is about. There are no answers. There are, every one of them is a gateway. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something for right now is the gateway of inquiry, right? That allows us to go from perceived <clears throat> safety and certainty into embracing the mystery. I think in a recent episode, we, we, we mentioned this briefly as me and, and Bruce Lyon, who you know, built mystery schools in New Zealand. And um, he, he brought up Copernicus. And before Copernicus, we thought we lived on a flat world. And then after Copernicus, we realized it doesn't evolve around us. It evolves around the sun. But now we realize it might not just evolve around the sun, but the sun itself evolves around the mystery of the black hole. And the black hole is still not fully explored. And so, you know, it's, it's an easy metaphor, I think, to understand that we live literally evolving around uncertainty. Wow. 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 Well, your call, I've got, five minutes if you want to receive the manifesto i'd love to share it and i'd love to hear you have one riff on whatever however you would bring it on bring it on this is a great way to wrap our conversation is to to dig into the manifesto so everyone buckle up we're gonna we're gonna go one level deeper all right so get comfortable <laughs> so it's a three-part story of intention integration and ignition in this moment, we each get to choose to rise, to realize there is no enemy inside. To simply quiet that riot is to live life alive. Right here, we each get to choose freedom from resistance of fear swimming in our dark with open eyes, years of fears rise to wisdom sparked from an open heart. Right now we get to choose to breathe with our pain. Life lessons revealed are most treasured human gains. Every chance we choose love, kindness, and soul our ego shines as our quiet hero. Our river, our life flows, letting go. Pain to pleasure, imagined failure, euphoric once again. Chasing the light, lost in the dark. This day, I choose to receive those highs and lows as illusions, just the same. Our past stories that self-judge and criticize, could they be just lies in disguise? In this moment, we get to choose our current experience as the master guide of our why. So how do we integrate it? For me, it's five simple words. Love myself, embrace thy shadow. I now allow myself to see and be seen. Thus, I see you and you see me. 
my mind unlocked, my heart unblocked, my voice reclaimed. Those three keys released. The alchemist's search for answers and others may cease. Opening me and we to just be free. And within that good vibe, we know our lighthouse guides and shines from inside. And when we stray from our way, the gift of our birth is returned grateful from our inner nature and the green, blue grace of Mother Earth. So how do we light it? How do we ignite it? You know, the greatest lie is the illusion of separation. And this tribe is one tribe. It's our tribe. It's unified, electrified, a planetary magic carpet ride. Outrageously courageous. We are ready for this right here, right now, moment in time. Self-love invites and ignites a shared love. Whatever your chosen energy source, feel that beacon course through you as your life force. This emotion is our devotion in motion. I love the way we love. We live to love and we love to live. Awake in the chance. And when we stumble, we make it part of our dance. In our world, we surrender to love. We trust the trust because it's inside us, firing all around us. The love that you are is the love that we are. I am golden. We are one golden thread. So lead with love, be joyful, live curious, adventure to discover, embracing and ascending our lives as our playful lovers. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jeff. Wow, the You Manifesto. It's like, it leaves me speechless in a good way. It's a great way to, you know, let it sink in maybe just the silence of ending this episode with your beautiful poetry. Thank you so much. We are so worthy. It was a pleasure and honor. And thank you for your gift that you're putting out to the world. Um, this is a container where everyone gets to thrive. And um, uh, you are, you are very golden in what you're doing and um, you're seen and we appreciate you. Thanks for listening and here we are again. This is your host Julian. I hope you truly enjoyed this episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast and received some insights and knowledge for your life, relationships and business. If you love Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, Make sure to subscribe, leave a review that really allows this podcast to reach a broader audience and share it with a friend. Let me also remind you that this podcast is currently entirely self-funded. I'm a transformational coach and mentor, a breathwork guide, and want to offer all my listeners a full 10% off my private coaching work. That is as much as $500 for a three-month program. And this discount applies for all one-on-one -on -one coaching offers, as well as some select coaching groups that I host in person. If you're curious and interested, make sure to visit the website greenplanet-blueplanet.com and click Work with Julian. Let me tell you a little bit more about my planetary purpose and leadership programs. I am committed to accelerating our human tribe, going deep into unconditioning the blocking beliefs and blind spots, enabling your gifts and clarity to amplify for aligned business, healthy relationships, and overall presence with life. I have worked with hundreds of people across the world, either one-on-one -on -one in small coaching groups on, online or in-person at events. 
It is my gift to boost authentic confidence and guide you while asking the deepest questions that get you to address your dormant potential. I am an activator and catalyst for those who are ready to step into the highest version of themselves. We live in unique times and let me tell you from experience, having a coach makes a massive difference. I specialize on supporting successful entrepreneurs in unpacking their purpose and joy of life. I do work with startup entrepreneurs and artists as well and on request I host individual breathwork mentorships. If you want to learn more, how to support the show or suggest a guest, you can also simply send me an email. If you want to take advantage of the offer I just mentioned and claim the 10% discount, simply book a free consultation with me through my website that is greenplanet-blueplanet.com mentorships and mention the end of episode discount and I'll give the discount code to you right here, right now. It's 808. That's right. That's your code right here, right now, 808. Mention it to me in our free consultation that you can book by the website and 10% are yours. That being said, thank you so much for listening today. Have yourself an amazing day. Don't forget to hit subscribe, review the show, and share it with a friend. Mm-hmm.